right, here we are, another episode of Keo Conversations. My name is Mark Champagne, and it's my job to unpack the stories and mental fitness practices of people living at the top of their game personally and professionally. So today I'm chatting with Aaron, who at the age of 18 years old co-founded Revitasize. This is an organic cold-pressed juice kitchen serving, high-quality juices, smoothies, and a variety of different vegan options. In three and a half years, Revitasize has actually expanded to seven different locations throughout Toronto and the surrounding area. He also recently co-founded and launched Hush Blankets, which are weighted blankets designed to help with sleep anxiety, insomnia, ADHD, and more. So I have to say, this was a really fun chat, mixing in topics around mental health, entrepreneurship, and how to audit your friends so you're always surrounded with the best people supporting you at all times, which is greatly needed when launching new businesses and and dealing with kind of high stress scenarios. Before we jump in, if you are loving the conversations, please give us a little star action wherever you're listening they do go a long way and they help us bring on these awesome guests lastly this podcast would not be possible without the support of keo which is our daily reflection app all you have to do is search kyo in the app store and you'll find all of these incredible guests loaded in the app to help you with your daily reflection So take it for a spin, enjoy the conversation, and as always, have an incredible day. So Aaron, who are you? It's a great question. (laughs) It's a big one. Um, I'm a hockey player turned full-fledged entrepreneur with a crazy passion for giving people access to something that could improve their day-to-day lives. Love it. So we we definitely need to talk a little bit about the backstory <laughs> then. <laughs> so yeah, yeah let, let's back it up a little bit and, and just provide a little context on, on a little bit of on your path. Well, um, I was I was a I don't want to say a natural entrepreneur because the way that sounds sounds a little bit egotistic, but I've been selling things and, and hustling with you know those quotations around it <laughs> sure. uh, for as long as I can remember. Right? I mean, uh, as a child, I used to sell knitted hats that my mom used to make uh, at a party bus company in grade seven, eight, nine, all the way through high school. Nice. Um, I used to do events. I, I, I've actually I've created we had an entertainment company that we kept going actually um, up until last year. Same with the party buses. So I've always had a passion for for business, the transaction, the opportunity to work with people, alongside people, uh, and give people kind of that opportunity to again have access to something that they didn't already have, or if they did have access to it, we'd put a twist on it and give them something new. So I always had that passion for for business, but also that interaction, the transaction with people. Where do you, where, where do you think that came from before you, before you get into the next yeah. step? Yeah. Like where, where there's gotta be something in your childhood, right? Or, or you've seen someone or like yeah, where did it all stem? Great, um, I had the great fortune of seeing my mother build um, a multi-million dollar business when I was, I would say probably between 
10 and 15, I guess was, was the prime of that. Okay. So I, I, I always tell people like, you know, I've, I've seen what it's like, uh, or what the life is like at least, cause I wasn't really old enough to use it and manipulate it, but uh, I've seen what it's like to be at the, be at the top of something or, or be at the high, I call it. Uh, and then when things, you know, went, went sour with her business, I've also seen the other end of the spectrum where, uh, you, you, you have it for one second and the next second it's all gone. Yeah. Um, so I say that's a great fortune because you get to see both sides of it. Absolutely. And I mean, just being into myself on this side, like, and, and so are you, it's, I mean, you, you saw the kind of the bookends, but I'd imagine even the day to day, right? Like, I think that's a, that's a big thing that I think Gary V talks a lot about this, right? Like entrepreneurship just so glorified right now, but what people don't see are the million highs and lows literally every single day. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, entrepreneurship is super lonely, yeah. Uh, it, it, yeah. It, especially when you're starting out. Um, a lot of, you know, that whole fake it till you make it thing is true because you have to convince yourself that you're onto something when nobody else will even look at you. Yeah. Um, and that's how, that's how businesses start. And, you know, you try to spread the message and you work hard and, uh, that's why so many people quit and I see it all the time. Um, I have a lot of people who, who I, I work with, who I reach out to or are good friends of mine. And even if they're onto something and there is a little bit of traction, uh, they expect it to happen overnight. And when it doesn't, uh, it usually ends. Right. And that's the, you know, the bittersweet life cycle of most entrepreneurs is that if it doesn't happen fast and it gets lonely and no one's recognizing you and you're not getting credit for your work because, you know, there's no one to look to and be like, Hey, am I doing a good job? There's only really the mirror. Um, it does get lonely and then a lot of people crumble under that pressure. Well, so, so let, let's talk about that because I a hundred percent agree with you. So what, when you were, when you, so let's fast forward now when you, you, you were playing hockey and you transi- transitioned out of that into juice, essentially, why don't we, why don't you tell a little, a little bit of that story? Yeah. I mean, I, I was able to, we started in our house. Uh, I was lucky enough to be playing hockey locally. So unlike my older brother who had to actually completely drop hockey because it was on a different side of the world, he was playing down in Texas. Okay. Um, I was able to play around the corner. So I was able to allocate those two, three hours a day to go play hockey uh, when we were first starting out. Uh, so I was able to kind of do both at once when we were starting in our house and we were slowly building, I call the snowball of our business in the beginning. Um, but then two years after that, when we grew and we opened up our first location and we started to scale the amount of time that we need to put into the business increased significantly and there became an opportunity cost. And, you know, you have to make that internal decision is, is you don't want to be bad at either one. You don't want to be, you don't want to go to the rink and let your teammates down and be bad at hockey or on the ice and not contribute. And then on the other end is you don't want to, you know, do your job and be a part of a business and, you know, let your customers down, your family down, your brothers down, you know, your partners down as a whole. So when that time came and we had to, well, me, I had to make that decision. I obviously left the hockey and went for the uh, business side of things. That's a pretty huge fork in the road, right? So let's, let's get a little bit tactical. How... Like, what was your thought process? Who did you speak with? Or like, what were the questions running through your mind? Because I, I, I 
can't imagine. I mean, and, and things were going well with, with hockey from my understanding or with the research that I was doing. So, um, it must've been tough, right? Yeah. I mean, it, you do something for your entire life. So it wasn't necessarily something that was super easy for me. Uh, some argue that I did drag it on too long in my last year of playing. Okay. Uh, but I argue otherwise cause we, uh, the team actually won a championship. So it was fun, but, um, it was tough, and you make that decision based on uh, the goals. I mean, it, my goals when I when I write them down and when I reflect them and I look at them and I save my goals from last year, from the year before, and from the year before that because I always go back and I look back on it and I say, how much have they changed? And you'll notice that. Oh, well, I noticed that a lot in my trend of goals and what I wanted in 2015 and what I want in 2018, uh, or what I think I want are different things. And what I was able to track is the trend went from, you know, in 2010 to I want to be in the NHL, I want to get a scholarship, you know, I want to play professional hockey. And it started changing to, you know, I want to grow business. I want to help a million people by 2018. I want to feed 2 million people by 2019. And as I started to notice my goals changing, I understand that internally my priorities were changing and my focus was changing. Interesting. Makes, I mean... That's a great, great setup. So how does that work for you, Aaron? Like do you, when do you actually do your goal setting? Is it kind of calendar year type of thing? Or are you reviewing them throughout the year? Like what does it look like? I mean, I, I write them down probably uh, two to three times a year. Okay. Um, there's no set dates when I do it. It's not like on New Year's Day I do something like that. <laughs> sure. Uh, but I, I do reflect them uh, every week. Okay. And I'll take a glance at them. I might not change them. I might not tweak them. But I'll take a glance at them because um, in the game that I'm in or the game that we're in actually in entrepreneurship, things change all the time. Things are changing different from today than they were yesterday. Different fires need to be put out. Different problems are occurring things we wanted or we thought would happen or we guessed at didn't happen or they did happen and we're reevaluating. So it's important to always go back to, I call my goals, my vision board. It's almost the same, but when people use the vision board, they assume like a board in their room that has a bunch of like tacked on things to it. Yeah. Uh, my, my vision board is just my goals, right? So what, you know, what do I stand for? What am I aligned with? Uh, and then I have one for myself and I have one for both my businesses. Yeah. Um, now, both my businesses I have partners with, so we share that board, we share our goals within that, but I often make sure that my day-to-day, -day, my focus, the way I feel uh, and the way I perform is in line with the vision of both, I call them the beasts, that, that we're building together. Sure. I love that um, description though, like, cause you're right, there, there's some perceptions around vision boards. I mean, I have a vision board as well, and it sounds like our boards are pretty much set up identical. I mean, I've got a list of goals for, for myself that are written out. But then I have two, I do have images. I mean, they're kind of designed out a little bit with, <laughs> I, I create a little bit of an art project with it digitally, but they're like you said, personal, personal, and then, and then business. And they all link up with the actual, the actual goals where, like, where did all of that come from? Is that like, I, I guess my question is cause, cause you're, you're a pretty young guy. I mean, you've got seven <laughs> locations um, with re revitalize, you've got uh, hush blankets that you know we'll, we'll get to, but that's that's really rocking. 
and you know you're in your early 20s and you've got this awesome kind of mindset um, taken off for you like where where does all this come from right where where are these these practices showing up in your in your life or who, who are your mentors you know teaching you these things yeah that's a that's an awesome question I think organically I've always been a fan of motivational speakers uh, as they okay. were when I was younger and now we've we've been able to niche down within that category but when you know when I was younger it was like Tony Robbins Les Brown yeah and Eric Thomas right and it was it was with their YouTube videos and there wasn't all these channels and now we can niche down to specifics people who talk about specific things right so I mean what's awesome actually is uh, I was actually just talking about it the other uh, today actually with one of my employees was that um Facebook has the memories and I had a memory come up from eight years ago of me sharing a quote from Napoleon Hill, Nice, uh, <laughs> which is, and I look at it and I'm like, and I, I was, I shared it with him and I was like, things don't change. Yeah. Um, because the, the way I was and, and the way I love to learn from other people was around for a long time. Um, and I think what's extremely important is to understand that everybody you meet and everyone you get associated with, um, whether they're working with you, they're working for you, or they're a partner, or they're just a colleague, or someone you literally just meet, like you and I, how we met, yeah. um, has it, it's naive to think that uh, everybody doesn't have something for you. I believe everyone I meet knows something that I don't know, has sure. a passion for something that I don't have a passion for, is spending the majority of their time doing something else that I'm not doing. And if I could take any opportunity to pick their brain, for a second, for 10 minutes, for an hour, I'll take that opportunity every single time. Well said, yeah. And that's kind of, that. that's, and I'll take that over reading a book, you know, some people argue that, I'll take that over going to a conference and sitting in front of, you know, one person talking to two, 3,000 people. I'll take that one-on-one -on -one with anyone, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a motivator, whether you're a clerk, it doesn't matter because everything I know hasn't been taught in school because I dropped out. It's been taught from someone showing me the way for me trial trial and error on my own. And that's why I give so much credit to those who are around me, right? I give so much value to my circle for sure. Yeah. Because of that. Well, and, and the circle is just so important. And I'm, because you hear a lot, of, right? The, the classic kind of cliche saying is, you know, you are who you, you surround yourself with and there's different ways to say that. And I, I know personally when I was starting out too, is it, it's hard to physically get, you know, it's hard to get Tony Robbins, you know, for coffee every Sunday or something like <laughs> that. Right. But what I would argue for people is that like, especially to, in today's age, I mean, you could have a podcast in your ear, you know, every morning on the way to your, wherever you're working with these, you know, basically any of these people. Right. And then to your point, marry that up with, you know, live interaction with, with actual human beings in front of you. And, and just learn and pick, you know, ask the questions. It's, it's, it's an exciting time that we live in. It's, it's, uh, it's a time of mass disruption. And everyone who, I, at least I've been getting attracted to me, so I don't want to say everyone everywhere, but everyone who's I've been running into and I've been meeting um, is almost a part of this movement. And, yeah. and everyone is on board. Everyone is excited to meet with you. Everyone is doing the same tactic to meet with someone DM, follow up, email, follow up, set a time, set a date, be on time. 
everyone's going through the exact same rhythm, which is amazing. But what I find, at least with amongst those people, is they're doing two things, which drives me nuts because I used to do these things and I continually stop myself from doing these things. And one of them is they're not auditing their friends. Sure. And they're still, they're still wait, we're wasting time. Um, and that's kind of like the number one thing that I push, especially on my age group that like 20 to 28 in that gap. Uh, cause yeah. it's like the post university, post high school, just meeting work friends for the f- first time, still trying to hold on to the past a little bit. Uh, and then the second thing for sure is the bag of excuses that everyone carries. Yeah. Um, I'm on this new app. It's called, uh, I think it's called like Magnify or something. It's when you basically can talk to people for five to 10 minutes. It's like kind of like meetup.com too, actually. Okay. Um, and I, most people I noticed is one, they have like that person who they hang out with that tells them why they can or can't do something, right? When you have a business idea, you tell that one person, they're like, oh no, that's already created. It's not yeah. going to work. Yeah. Which I'm sure, you know, we've both heard, I don't even know how many times. Sure. Right. So it, it's surrounding yourself with people who have aggressive positivity, who are just super happy all the time, are ready to support you, are excited for you. Even if they physically can't do anything for you, they're there for you and they're, they're going to motivate you and they're going to keep that, keep throwing wood on your fire. And then those excuses will naturally run away because people will keep kind of holding you accountable to that goal you keep telling them about. Yeah. I definitely want to talk about the auditing of the friends because I've heard that come up with you before. And first of all, I think it's a, it's a, it's a brilliant idea. Um, but let's let's be very transparent. Like that can't – that's got to be some tough conversations, right? So, <laughs> how, you know, any advice for, for people that are about to dive into that process and, you know, have to make that call or have that interaction with a long-term friend yeah, and I, this is the number one thing I actually talk about, and people always, always ask me about it. Okay, and it's I don't. It's like naturally becoming my thing, and I didn't never plan it to That's be so my funny. thing. It's, it's <laughs> not because it's been around for a long time, so I didn't come up with this at all, right? Yeah, but um, yeah, okay. There might be a harsh conversation if you if your plan of attack is write down a list of your friends and then choose which ones you don't want to be friends with, and then call them and say, "Hey, we're no longer friends anymore." <laughs> yeah. That's that's not what the audit is. What, what the audit actually is, is first, maximize your day, right? Okay. So when, when people want to be, you know, this is specifically, I, I'm only talking to entrepreneurs for this because I can't talk on those who are not. But if you want to be an entrepreneur, first of all, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. It's okay not to be an entrepreneur. I feel like there's a lot of pressure right now for everyone to like make your own life. And, yeah. you know, you don't have to be an entrepreneur. But yeah. if you're going to dive into that world, if you believe that's for you, then you have to understand one thing is that we, you know, we are going toe to toe. And if you're not my direct competition, then you're not. But there is someone who is on the other side of you who, when you enter the market, your goal is to potentially take a little bit of their pie because very few markets don't have competitors, right? Yeah, of course. So you're going toe to toe. You have to be able to look that person, whoever their competition is, even if you never meet them, you know, virtually look them in the eye and, and understand that you must outwork them. So I tell people the simple analogy is, is if my competitor is waking up at seven, I'll just wake up at six. 
and I'll wake up at six every single day. And if he stops at seven, I'll stop at eight every single day. And if I can do that one hour a day, if I beat my competitor one hour a day, 365 days a year, yeah, that's 365 hours that my competitor will never have on me. Sure. Right. And that's the most important thing is that when you understand that and when you're diving into this world and you want all these great things, these, you know, make your own hours, which I never really understood because entrepreneurs usually work more hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> make your own hours just means adding more hours. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, you know, but you want all these luxuries and you want, you know, you want to put the CEO on your business card if you still have one of those and all that stuff. And that's fine. That's okay. What's happening is we're starting to care less about that. I don't even carry a business card. Yeah. Uh, I know when we met, we didn't even exchange business cards. It was a simple like, you know, here's the social, let's go, right? Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then once you get that out of the way, once you're willing to beat your competitor in every single thing he does on the court, I call it, then you need to do the things off the court. And the main thing is audit your friends, right? So if I'm, let's say hypothetically, we wake up at 7 a.m., we run errands, we start work at 8 till 5 if you're like me, you'll eat, or if you're like most entrepreneurs now, you'll eat, you'll do whatever you take, do some family stuff, do some personal stuff. Eight o'clock, you'll start the second shift till like 12, 1, depending on how long you can handle, and you'll go to bed. Mm-hmm. In that time, if you actually look at that time frame, you only have about three or four hours to yourself. Yeah. So if, when you audit your friends, you're basically saying, I have four hours to myself every day. What's my number one priority? Is it my family? Is it myself? Do I want to go to the gym? Is it that one? Is it my, you know, my girlfriend, my wife? What is it? And what I found naturally is in those four hours, I didn't have time for my bullshit friends. Yeah, they just, exactly. It, it, I didn't even think of them. So I never actually called them and said, you know, hey, buddy, you're out. You know what I mean? You're off Facebook. (laughs) Like you're deleted forever. You know, people view that. Like I could probably call those friends that I've stopped naturally talking to and say, hey, how are you? And there's not going to be any animosity between us because I didn't actually get rid of him. There's just no time left for him. Yeah. So I naturally audited. So then those who wanted to meet up and those who wanted to hang out, my brain naturally said to me, there's no ROI on this meeting right now. This guy's been doing the same thing since you were 12 years old. He's on a completely different trajectory. He's not working on, you know, something new. Like what I remember when, when we set up a date to, uh, to meet at, at the location in Yorkville, I was excited about it because I'm like, Mark knows things that I don't know anything about. Sure. Yeah. Right. So I knew there was going to be a nugget to take away. Yeah. Right. And that's how, if I have friends who are, you know, in e-commerce, my business partner in the blankets, which we'll, we'll touch on, was completely from that exact thing of meeting someone through someone because he had a nugget for me and I pushed the envelope to meet him. Yeah. Right. So you'll naturally, it's, I call it the natural selection of friends. You just got to jump on board. I love it. I mean, it, it's, it's super, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And I, I think that I'm glad, thanks for sharing that because mm-hmm. uh, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's, uh, it just naturally happens and it, it's not necessarily what you think of, of on the outside, right? Where you're just calling people up and like you're scratching them yeah. off the list, right? Like you're out, yeah, you're out, exactly. you're out. Like you just wind your day down to the point where you have a couple hours for yourself and and you'd be surprised. I mean, I know entrepreneurs that tell me they're not getting leads or jobs or whatever the business they're in. And I see them posting videos of this new game, Fortnite, and they're <laughs> they're they're getting good at it. And to get good at something, you've got to 
do it a lot, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I, lo- I look to myself and I'm like, I can't believe I wasted time, you know, talking to this person because they're clearly not in the right headspace. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it goes back to what you were saying earlier, right? Just, sur- again, surrounding yourself with people that either are going to motivate and that are, are, are aggressively positive, right? I love that. I love those two words you put together. Because, I mean, let's, let's, be, let's be real. I mean, on a daily basis, uh, someone in a past interview actually mentioned this. It's something crazy like 55 to 60% of all the English words equate up to being like 60% of them are negative. So, you know, just in speaking every day and then like, let's not, don't even flip on the news or anything like that. Like we're always surrounded, right? With some sort mm-hmm. of negativity and so you have to you have to actively pursue positive people and positive fuel for your mind. Oh, I, I agree one hundred percent. Which let's I mean I didn't plan this, but why don't we dive into that positive fuel? Because the I mean basically those are your two other businesses. I mean one being um, Juice, and I just maybe give a quick description on on what that business is all about, and then definitely want to dive into uh, the weighted blankets and, and the mental health benefits around that product. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Revitasize was uh, entirely built around helping people. Okay. And it was, what's unique about it is it wasn't uh, aha, here's a business opportunity venture. It was more of an accident in the sense that we were doing juicing for ourselves as a family um my mother lost a tremendous amount of weight my brother and i used it for hockey um and it caught on that way where people you know wanted to you know tap into our secrets even though they weren't really secrets sure and it expanded you know through our friends and it just multiplied that way and the business manifested itself and now what it's become is you know we have seven locations where we carry a variety of you know 40 different organic juice combinations in the fridge. Uh, we're the leading uh, organic uh, custom tailored juice cleanses in all of Toronto GTA. No one does customized cleanses in the city uh, where we set, we set up a certified health coach uh, for every single person that cleanses. And you can imagine how many people that is yeah. and one person manages it all. So good for him. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, it's, and we do, we do, you know, 20 hours a day. We have customer service. We do, uh, we're, not, we're the number one rated acai bowl in the city, which we brought, uh, all the way from Brazil, uh, we do a variety of vegan baked goods and, and salads, and then we have these superfood smoothies. Um, so we, you know, we take, as you can t- kind of tell in my demeanor and my voice, is that we take a tremendous amount of pride yeah. in our product. And I think the hardest thing to do, and when we talk to any industry experts in terms of QSR, you know, quick service restaurant guys, is uh, we immediately get called crazy when we tell them this truth, and the truth is that. We manufacture and produce every single item in our store. Wow, that is impressive. Uh, and what you'll find a lot, you know, for example, some other companies in the city is that they'll niche down and become really good at one thing. So let's say, for example, uh, we have a juice bar. So they make all their juices. They're really good at the juices. And then they'll, you know, they'll order in the salads that they that they offer and they'll order in, you know, the kombucha they offer and they'll order in the vegan goods from this person and, you know, the dairy for the non-dairy cheeses from this person. And then they'll kind of contract out everything else. And that turns them into almost a cafe. Mm. What we've done is if we, I call it the micro brand, we've micro branded every single item we create. 
which, you know, like I said, the big players in the game, when they look at that, they, their first reaction is, you guys are nuts. And then we look within and we're like, yeah, we are. Yeah, so, sure. But what, what, what makes you smile about doing that? Um, you know, the biggest pleasure for me is, at least when I'm at the store, at least, is when somebody asks me, hey, what's inside of this? Even though the, the ingredients might be on it, but obviously people assume that like the micro ingredients are not on labels. Yeah. Um, and I can confidently and comfortably tell them and say, you know, these are all the ingredients inside of them. And I know for a fact, every single brand that has gone into that, you know, I can tell you the brand of our chocolate chip. I can tell you the brand of the Maca Power. I can tell yeah. you the brand of our goji berries. And that's something that a lot of people can't do because when you order in your salad or you order in, you know, your, your vegan cheesecake, you don't know what they're using. Sure. Right. And so I take great pride in that. Absolutely. Yeah. And you should. I mean, and congrats for, for you and the team and the family for, for doing that. I mean, I'm sure throughout that journey, you were probably pushed and pulled to, to not do that for obvious reasons. Um, but, you know, congrats to you guys for, for, for sticking to your values, essentially. Yeah. I mean, we've given up a lot of the economics in terms of scale. I mean, it looks like we've grown fast, but, you know, there was obviously other opportunities and, and we've given up some economics in order to stay true to our vision and to our brand, sure. which I, I, you know, which makes me super happy about it. Absolutely. All right. So now we jump into we're juiced up and we're going to sleep <laughs> and now you've got a blanket. Like, how does it all link? <laughs> <laughs> the, the the blanket um, for me was, it, it was brought to me, uh, by, by my really good friend, Lior. Okay. Um, Lior naturally is, he's an e-commerce mogul in the field. Uh, he's been in the game for a long time. We have a similar backstory in, you know, how we're both dropouts and, and all that. And we connected through that. Uh, but we've been friends. We traveled together and we never thought of this. And uh, he actually came to me one day and, and he told me about uh, this blanket he discovered uh, out of place he volunteers at that uh, helps autistic children. Okay. And he's like, he's like, you won't believe it. There's this room called the stimulation room. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, when you know a kid is, is either acting up or they're having panic attacks or whatever the case is, they'll bring them in this room and they'll throw this like weighted vest on them. Hmm. And I'm like, okay, what to like lock him down to make sure he doesn't move. I don't understand it. Yeah. And he's like, no, it's, it's actually a sensory object and it calms them down and relaxes them. It allows them to fully decompress. Yeah. Um, and I was like, wow, that's nuts. And he's like, there's a potential that, you know, we can bring this to adults because in his field, which is very fast paced, the e-commerce field is like nonstop. It's 24 seven. You're on your computer all the time. You're, you're, you're going to sleep. You're getting emails. You're always stressed out. Mm -hmm. Um, and in the community, there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of stress. And in my field where I see customers all the time, our biggest thing is, you know, how do I relax? Is there a juice to help with anxiety? Um, so we're surrounded by that problem all the time. We always ask ourselves, how can we help? How can we help? Um, and then we we designed a blanket for for adults for for a blanket that touches on the sensory conditions that plays a part with a science of deep touch pressure stimulation that really works. And we tested it for months and we played around with it for months. Um, and it wasn't until we we had our aha moment of 
wow, uh, me, I'm a very high strung guy. I'm ex- I was extremely, you know, stressed out. I was, I, I got worked up over a lot of the little details. Um, and it, it all affects your sleep. And when you have a bad sleep, it almost snowballs and you yeah. get another bad sleep and then you have a bad day and then you're angry. And, you know, it, it, especially when, when you're a business operator, when you're angry, there's just a trickle effect. And if people, it goes down the entire company and everyone feels it and it just creates this uneasy feeling that you don't want, especially in a business. Right. Of course. So, you know, the, the this blanket that when we, we used it for ourselves, um, it got to the point where we almost felt a little bit selfish, just keeping it to ourselves. Um, and then we decided to, you know what, actually let's, He's got his full time business. I've got our, my full time business, but you know we found the time, we found the effort, um, and we came together and we created Hush Blankets. Amazing! I love a lot of things about that story. I mean, a th- thanks for sharing the the sensory bit because I mean I I fell into that other bucket, which I'd imagine many people listening to this uh, do as well, right? Where you immediately think of the weight, you know, the weighted blanket actually being something that would 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 you know, stimulate panic attacks or anxiety. Um, but like you said, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of the, the exact opposite. So there's, there's definitely a massive education opportunity on, on the product. Um, but the other big part about what you shared is again, it's just, you know, something that has come kind of from the gut, right. In terms of it's working for you guys. It's, uh, again, love how you said that, feel like you're kind of holding back like a little secret. And, and that's what happened with us too, with, with Keo is like how, like all these people are doing these practices, right? Like why doesn't the whole world know about this? This is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, so get it out there. Right. And, and then, and then that's where it snowballs to being able to survive the day to day craziness. Cause I'm sure even though you've got seven locations rocking, um, on the other side of the business, like this is probably a whole new world, right? Of, of challenges and opportunities. And that's where you need, again, that strong purpose and that, that desire to help others to, to push through it all. Yeah. And, and it all, it, I agree 100%. I mean, it's not, uh, it's not the easiest thing to do when you describe it to someone. Sure. Um, but when, when you're in it, it's uh, it just becomes a part of you. It, it becomes like I, what I'm doing tonight, what I'm doing tomorrow night, what I'm doing tomorrow during the day. It's already set in stone for me, and it, it and I can't wait for it. I had a weird thing actually last night. Is uh, I was talking to my friend, um, actually Lior, and we were working till I think it was like one thirty, and uh, he's like, "Wow, dude, you got to be up at six, So like, we got to stop. And I'm like, this is, I had this realization where I said to him, I'm like, I can't, I can't wait to wake up tomorrow. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I was, I was, I was excited to go to bed and because I knew of the work ahead and and instead of, you know, I guess a lot of people get this in school, right? You're kind of anxious because you know, you have to do this thing tomorrow or even in work, you're nervous because you have this thing you got to do tomorrow, whatever it is. And I know I'm in that groove because, you know, four years in a business and people say, wow, it's been four years, but you'd be surprised. Things get tedious for people and they lose that motivation. They lose that fire. And, you know, I was, I was like, wow, I can't wait to sleep, 
but I don't want to sleep for too long because I can't wait to wake up and get back at it. Yeah, I love it. Totally relate. I, what I had the other day was, and because which is the polar opposite to the other jobs I've had, was I can't wait. And I don't check my email first thing in the morning because I, I do have a pretty strict morning routine. But I actually can't wait to see what's in my inbox because it's usually, I mean, usually it's me reaching out to people or it's like opportunity, right? Whereas, yeah, you know, in the other jobs, it was like, okay, when am I going to handle these emails, right? <laughs> exactly, right? It's all about that window you're looking out of. Yeah, exactly. Because it's the same thing right? You're doing the exact same type of work, maybe a different hat, different mentality, but it's like sure. it's the same rhythm, right? Sure. But it's just that different perspective. It's that different energy. Like, um, yeah, morning routine that you said you did the same thing is pretty strict. That I think that's lethal. That well, was the hardest thing for me to commit to. Yeah, no, for, for sure. And well, uh, and, um, the good segue, because I definitely want to chat about that. Like the question I wanted to ask you was, you know, there's a lot going on. You're obviously working long hours. Um, but where, like, when do you find the time for some, some errand time and some, some calm in the, in the craziness or some space as other people call it? Um, when is that? How do you, how do you prioritize that? Like, like what does it look like? I think that area for me is at least uh, the best way to put it is that it's a work in progress. Okay. <laughs> um, and I've, I, I said it at the talk, and I'll say it again for those who weren't there, obviously. Um, a lot of people uh, around me suffer um, <laughs> sure. because, you know, I, my priorities are very, very clear. Uh, which is something that I work towards so that everybody understands, you know, what Aaron is up to and what Aaron is doing, where his head is at. So you avoid the whole question part, but it's, you know, as an athlete from a person, you know, who was training six days a week to go to, you know, where I am now, where it's tough to get in one workout a week. Yeah. Um, I continually struggle, but work at it and understand that it needs to be improved on, which I think was the most important thing for me. Because up until like a month ago, I was saying to myself, you know, I'll do it later. I'll do it later, which is one thing I tell everyone not to do. Yeah. So I decided to be a practitioner and say, no more, I'll do it later. You know, if I tell myself I'll work out three times a week, it's not realistic. It's not going to happen. So now I'm more at like, let's work realistically. Let's do it once a week. Um, I spend a lot of time driving from, you know, location to location to this spot to that spot. So I do take my time in the car, which is usually a couple hours a day. Okay. uh, As my like point of relaxation and meditation, to be honest, I don't answer too many calls in the call. It's right in the car at all. Okay. Uh, That's where I'll listen to my podcast. That's where I'll tune into couple of meditation sessions or well I just you know I never listen to music really I just sit there and I focus and I kind of just you know reflect on what I'm doing and what I'm currently doing and that's kind of like my home base it's become my car for now at least yeah no but that that's key and I'm, I'm glad you shared that because I think you know what's happening in, in society now and, and with our generation too is like people have you know shifted from you know, the, the one job, 60 hours a week, and you're doing the same thing over and over again and like, screw your health, right? It's, that's just what it is to the realization. And, and, and even though it's a work in progress, what's key is that you've made that realization and, and you're prioritizing your mental health in the car, which a lot of people aren't doing. 
it, because it, it goes right back to the, the classic airline example, right? Like you've got to put on your oxygen mask first or you're useless to everyone else, right? So easier yeah. said than done, obviously. Always. Um, and, you know, I, I'm learning every day, obviously, interviewing with, you know, all these people in the space directly. Um, it's challenging, right? So you've got to, you obviously have to figure out what works. And for you, it's 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 the car. For others, it's, you know, first thing in the morning, they're, they're not, you know, taking meetings or they're not checking email. But what's key is you're prioritizing some sort of, of time. So f- thanks for sharing that that insight into your into your world. Absolutely. Yeah, that I think that uh, eating right. And yeah, there's that whole aspect. Sure, <laughs> right. And, and you know, I, you lose that because I, I, you know, I used to be the coffee in the morning guy till like one, two o'clock every single day. That was, you know, that, that was me for like a year uh, until I actually had a client say, well, you know, she, she wanted to be, she's like, well, how many juices do you drink a day? Cause you must drink like three or four of these. Cause they're just here for you and you can have them. And I said, wow, like how am I, how am I not drinking <laughs> yeah. these juices oh, every day? Right. Uh, and it was like a, a, a light bulb went off and, and I said to myself, you know, I, I, I preach it. I love it. I do consume it, but not regularly. And I have a luxury at my hands that I can. Yeah. Um, and then that change I made to, you know, making it a priority to get one or two juices in every single day, uh, allows me to do that. You know, that those long hours every day, I mean, my nutrients are up, you know, I can, I can get at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Aaron, as we wrap up, what are, what are three questions that, excuse me, that circulate in your life, uh, reflective questions either on a, on a daily basis for yourself personally, or it could be business related. Um, or during big life-changing events that you'd like to leave with uh, the audience. And obviously these will be in app when the interview goes live. That's actually great. Um, a question that I circulate around my brain consistently is, am, is, what, I'm do, is what I'm doing today in line with what I want to be in five years from now? Mm, love that and i reflect on that every single day so when there's things that come up that i could be doing and then i it's a quick question to myself is you know is this going to help me get to where i where i want to be where i need to be where i will be um that's kind of yeah the big question um and the second is uh how much gratitude did i give today Mm. yeah that that's great I'm a big believer in giving twice without expectation before even expecting to take once. Yeah. Um, you know, we did that, we did that with business, but I do that personally. Um, I'm always open to helping out people cause I've seen it firsthand. Uh, even when I never even asked for help, if so there's, you know, like I said, when you tweak those friends and the people I'm around right now, the second that opportunity is there for anyone, I've noticed people step up and I, it, it does wonders. You know, you can't build a great life. You can't build great success, great business, great whatever you want to be at uh, without other people. 100% agree. So uh, I'm always out there, you know, you know what, what can I do for someone else? Um, so that leads back to the, to the gratitude thing. Uh, and then... <laughs> This one's going to be, I guess, tough for other people, but you can just sub out anyone's, put your name here. Sure. Um, 
and it actually leads back to your first question, which was awesome when you asked it, is um, what is Aaron Spivak? Nice. That's a powerful question. It's huge. And I, I used to do a voice note on my phone and and say it uh, every day or every other day and then hear back so I can like I can hear last year's voice notes now. Okay. Uh, and it's great to touch in with like me from last year and realize, wow, at this point last year, I didn't think I'd be where I'd be today. Yeah. That's inspiring. And it's awesome to, to clue in. Oh yeah. Well, and I, I'm so happy you shared that because as you know, what we're trying to do and what this whole podcast is all about is to break down all the stigma, right? Around you know, what some people call journaling, I call reflection, which is exactly what you just nailed there and and how important that can be in, in your life, right? When you, you just need to take some time to do it. That's the first time I've heard someone, um, I ask that question in every podcast. It's the first time I've ever heard anyone say that they ask themselves that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start doing that myself. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, my go-to. Yeah, that's that's amazing. Well, Aaron, I, I you know I can't thank you enough for for taking taking the time today. Um, I'm glad I, I made the cut. I didn't get deleted on Facebook, so that's great. <laughs> <laughs> but no, all, all kidding aside, I, I mean, I just want to acknowledge you a little bit here for all the work that you're doing out in the community and and worldwide, worldwide, frankly with everything is back behind helping others. And I think, you know, we need, we need more people like that or like yourself and, and your family and, and team in the world. Um, just spread greatness, positivity and, and live an awesome life. So, so thank you on behalf of myself and everyone else that's, that's touched your, um, your products and, and your work. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it so much. 